Sorry about that, guys. But yes, we are here. And we're live. And today we're going to be talking about why don't apostolic networks work? I mean, he's got even in and working in apostolic networks anymore. And part of being kingdom is to know the ebb and flow of the spirit. You know, just like I began teaching and talking about 10 years ago, how God was moving away from the structure of denominations or denominationalism and uh, moving more towards networks, relational networks. Um, I believe even now God is, is moving even further away from the structures of apostolic networks. Of course, we really support being kingdom. And that's where our heart is. And so we're going to talk about this today. Feel free to type into comments. Let us know where you're uh, watching from. And um, uh, hey, Aaron Simmons, God bless you. Our faithful watcher from Aaron uh, from uh, Port St. Lucie, Florida. Bless you, brother. Uh, love you. Glad you're on. Um, so just if you want to type in some comments, if I see some really interesting comments about this topic, I, I may post them live here but uh for sure let us know where you're watching from but why don't apostolic networks work now let me just stop and say i'm not saying there's no such thing as apostolic networks there absolutely is a thing called apostolic networks um i uh, connected with a few of them over, over the past seven or eight years I won't name any of them while I'm on because I'm not here to um, I'm not here to bash or to speak against anyone. That's not my heart. Um, uh, my heart is more about uh, kingdom. It's more about um, building the kingdom, you know, strengthening the kingdom. But um, and I want to say, too, I had hoped today to have online a uh, apostle, Apostle Mark Pfeiffer, to talk about this because he actually was the one that really brought this concept forth about why apostolic networks don't work. And he's got some really, really great material on online that I would encourage you to uh, go take a look at uh, on YouTube. <clears throat> and he was supposed to be on today, but he uh, stepped away. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I can see that, Aaron. You're kind of having a little problem there spelling, but I, I totally understand. So let's just dive right into why don't apostolic networks work? Well, first of all, I would say because they're not relational. I've had experience with three different apostolic networks over the past few years, and the main issue I had with each one was they just weren't relational. Basically, they would put together a network, and first, when you first come in, they're like all calling you and talking to you and and and, and connecting. But then, but then, of course, they get busy because the network grows, and then it becomes kind of just those that are really supporting big financially, or those that are already doing big things, so to speak, out there. Uh, they're the ones that rise up and get the attention and get the time, and they kind of end up kind of marginalizing and moving you into like they'll, they'll form something like a, 
a VIP group that if you pay a certain amount each month, then these people will connect with you and pray with you. And but there's no real, um, uh, you know, it's basically people that are that are um, believers, like within a church structure or someplace that uh, come and and, and they're going to pray with you. I'm not saying that's not vital, but the the quality connections you're looking for with high impact leaders that have great wisdom and great vision, uh, you, you don't get. Uh, I've connected with three networks with the desire to connect with the key leaders there to share our ministry, what we have, to, to collaborate and to, to receive. You know, all three, very shortly after joining the network, I was told, I'm sorry, so-and-so is very busy. Um, you need to talk to this person. And they hand you off to somebody. And that's fine. But even the person they would hand you off to is busy. And it's just not relational. It's just, it's it's weird. Because that's the problem with most networks. It's the net. And when you join a network then you end up getting caught up in the net. And, and nobody wants to be in a net, caught up in a net, stuck in a net. I have this little um, uh, picture here I'm going to show you. Um, oh, it's not letting me, but it's a cute little picture of somebody caught up in a net. And uh, you know, that's the last thing somebody wants to be is caught in someone's net because, you know, it's like a fish getting caught in a net. You know, you never intended on being in that net. That wasn't what you set out to do. And um, I don't know if you can see that, but uh, uh, I am supposed to be putting up a little picture of a net, but it's not letting me do it. So we'll just forget that. Or you could even think of like a spider's web, you know, uh, the, the poor fly that gets caught up in the spider's web before you know it, it's being caught up into something it never intended on doing. And that's what most networks are. They kind of bait and switch you. Um, but you start off you know, promising great connections, great, you know, alignment and all this great stuff. And, and, and then you end up getting caught up into something and you never intended. And, and that's what the problem with the networks. And, and to tell you the truth, too, you know, we're, we're becoming more and more um, inundated by a different philosophy of thinking that people have you know basic guys we live in a different time people's concepts are different people's loyalties are not what they used to be nobody wants to join someone's network because they're so awesome and pay dues to them every month because you know they're part of this network and get sucked into different meetings where they just are going to come and and, uh, you know, be hammered to, to sow into that network and to give to support all of their different functions. That's one of the reasons why we left denominations, because it was a pyramid. And if you didn't just climb up to the top 10 percent and you weren't somebody, you were just stunk, stuck as a grunt working and giving to keep this structure going.
and um, it was just toxic, not relational, not connect, uh, connecting. Now, do we sow into ministries? Absolutely, we do. Do we support ministries that we believe in? 100% we should. Uh, and we should give as the Spirit leads. But I'm talking about networks that the focus is the net. Slick marketing, um, doing meetings with the, with the intention of trying to catch people to come join our network, be part of us. You know, you know, fill out our application and pay your dues and be part of it. And I'm telling you guys, nobody wants that anymore, number one. Number two, you know, social media has made connecting to be fairly easy and simple. And, um, you know, it doesn't take a lot to get connected. And anyone can start their own network. They got a computer, they can get on to uh, Zoom or get online. You know, the world's just right there at your fingertips. And anymore, it's not hard to attract and to get, you know, four or five people to come and join your Zoom. And before you know it, you just slap a name on it and then you got your own network. And, and so because it becomes really easy, everybody's pretty much leading their own networks. And uh, so they don't want to be part of someone else's network. And I've even had people that came to Spirit-Led Family only because they were getting ready to start their own network. And they wanted to come and see how I was doing things so they could copy things that I was doing to for people to come together and become connected. And, and it was quite disappointing when you found out they really weren't there for the right motive. But guys, that's the bottom line with dealing with people. You got to get to the motive sooner than later. Why? You know, when someone comes and they see that, you know, I'm leading a, a, a connection, a relational uh, alignment called Spirit-Led Family, and they come to me and they say, hey, you know, I want to serve you. I want to serve your network. I want to serve you, your vision. You know, the question that I, uh, and again, this is something that came from my friend, Mark Pfeiffer. I'm going to be sure to give him the credit for this thought because he's a great thought guy but the question you got to be asking these people is why what is it about me and i'm doing that you see you need to serve and help me with of course the answer comes well whatever whatever you need i'll do whatever well you know it's kind of hard if you don't know someone's giftings and, and and where they're at what their motive is and what their reason you know because eventually you got to get to the motive of why people want to connect. So um, the bottom line is what apostolic networks should provide is not a net to catch people in the network, but the net as in a safety net. Um Mark Pfeiffer tells a story about the Golden Gate Bridge that when it was being built up to that time, anytime these major building bridge building companies would build bridges that were spanning, you know, hundreds of feet above water or land, they would average for every $30 million, uh, excuse me, for every million dollars they would spend building these bridges, they'd lose one man that would slip and fall off the bridge or whatever. 
And so they'd already figured that during this time of building the Golden Gate Bridge, they were going to um, lose 30 men because it's going to be a $30 million build to build this bridge. But a company that devised these safety nets came and installed these massive nets on the sides and underneath the Golden Gate Bridge. And those nets are still there today. If you go to, if you go to the Golden, Golden Gate Bridge today, there's still nets there to, to, to try to catch people that might slip off the bridge or try to jump off to commit suicide. And during the time of building the bridge, instead of them losing 30 men, they only lost one man because of the nets. And really, only one man slipped. But it's almost like once they knew the net was there, there was no fear. And they can go on their business, and they did, did not lose anybody. And I do believe in accountability. Absolutely, I believe in accountability. That's where networks are vital. Being connected to something bigger than yourself. Anybody that's on their own in this day and time, I don't want to be you. There's nothing wrong with being independent in that you're not licensed with or connected to somebody in that measure as far as organization or denominations are concerned. But nobody should be on their own, especially prophets and apostles. And the sad thing is a lot of times prophets and apostles become lone rangers. And they, they, they come to learn to spend most of their time on their own. And a lot of times that's because of woundings because of things that they've gone through and they end up becoming that lone ranger in their life and their ministry. And that's not something that should uh, be. We need each other. We need accountability. We need covering. The last person I want to be accountable to is myself because I'm, you know, the bottom line is we are the worst accountability partner for ourselves because we can lie to ourselves, and the worst lie that you could ever believe is the lie you tell yourself. You don't want that. So we do need accountability. We need fellowship. We need each other. We need those that will pray with us, those that will challenge us in our life, challenge us in our walk with God. That's why Samson fell. Samson had nobody to challenge him, nobody to come to him and say, Samson, what are you doing? You've got a vow of a Nazarite. That says you shouldn't touch wine. You shouldn't touch anything dead. Why are you walking through vineyards? Why are you going to a dead carcass of a lion and taking a stick to get the honey out of it? It's that concept of thinking you're invulnerable to sin. That you can play with it and you'll be fine because you're strong enough. You've fasted enough. You've prayed enough. You're strong enough to handle. You can just resist it. That's a lie, my friend. I don't trust this flesh five feet where I can throw it. That's why Paul said, I keep under my body and I bring it into subjection, lest after I have preached to you, I myself would be a castaway or someone that is just of no value because they, they, they became deceived. They fell into sin. So yes, we do need authorities in our life, but Having said that, let God bring the proper alignments and authorities into your life. There are organizations that, you know, they set their authorities by vote. 
They put those authorities in by the most popular person that gets voted into a position. And that person may not care about the person they're, they're, they're over. Let God set your authorities and your alignments. Because, yes, alignment is vital in this hour. Who you are aligned with is going to be key and vital to your success or failure in the kingdom. Since we've come to, to um, Lago Vista, the, the Austin area, I've had a lot of people reach out to us. A lot of different types of ministries. Some blast from the past. People that I knew many years ago. Or people that knew of me from a particular denomination and group. Then I've had some that um, they've known me, but their journey has shifted. And they're no longer with a denomination. They're either with a different flow and a different group, or they're just independent. They're not part of any group. You know, they're part of the kingdom of God. Then I've had some just some brand new connections that God's brought. And everything I carefully and prayerfully walk through it and consider it. And um, there are some people, oh, they would love to become an authority in my life. So they can put, put me under their thumb and set me straight. You know, I, I had to recently tell somebody that they kept love bombing me and trying to reach out to me. But I knew their motive wasn't pure. They weren't wanting to be my friend. They didn't really want to come alongside and be relational. They want to make me their pet project to somehow pull me back into a mindset that God delivered me from. Why am I going to let you bring me into a bondage that God has delivered me from? That's what Paul said. The same men in Israel, excuse me, in Jerusalem that he submitted himself to when he came out of the deserts of Arabia, delivered by God, power, you know, powerful testimony that God brought, you know, Saul, who became Paul, into the truth of his assignment. And initially they said, oh, yeah, yeah, go, go, go bless the Gentiles until the Gentiles started having revival. Then they, then they had a problem because they weren't, you know, following the legalistic rules that they were doing. And, and even Peter got all caught up in it and wouldn't have anything to do with the Gentiles that weren't circumcised. And Paul had to finally confront them in the new regulations. He basically tells these elders that he once was submitted to, I won't bring myself under your authority, not even for one hour, because your motives are wrong. You're trying to drag me back into bondage. No, thank you. <laughs> you know, you're, you're questioning the liberty I have in Christ. And so, yes, be careful about who you align with and who you become accountable to. Be careful with that. Let God bring that. Now, you might have a test or a litmus test of your own. You follow how God uses you. But for me, in my journey, I have learned the peace of God is of absolute and vital importance when it comes to uh, me, um, uh, you know, connecting with people, having alignment with people, things of this nature. The peace of God is just absolutely paramount. Well, guys, I think I'm back. I have no idea what happened with all that. Now I'm seeing all the different people that uh, 
was typing in. I'm sorry, I could not see your your comments. <laughs> I was frozen out. But anyway, uh, let's go ahead and just um, wrap up this broadcast. Uh, Marty, God bless you. Justin, I see you. Aaron, still there. Okay, guys, I, I don't know what happened. It was just uh, So I'll wrap up my thought. Just be cautious what I was saying about who you align with. Let the Holy Spirit align you with who God wants to be aligned with. Let it be a divine alignment. And, um, you know, we need to be family. We need to be in relation with each other. Nobody needs to be on an island by themselves. But uh, God does want you to walk it out. Walk it out in in um in his presence walk it out in in what he's doing and uh just um let god establish those people in your life that he determines for you you know uh, and I'll, let me close this last thought talking about why abstop networks don't work be cautious of anybody that just suddenly appears out of nowhere and there's all of a sudden just, you know, speaking flowery things about you. And, and, uh, and I want to connect with you. I'm not saying be suspicious of everybody. We need to love everybody. And I try to always be open to anybody. But um, always ask God to help you to get to the motive of why a person wants to connect. And then if you sense that that's something you can do and it's God, then go for it. But let God reveal those motives so you don't find yourself spinning your wheels, wasting time, you know, either chasing something that's never going to be because you went after a bait or somebody that's just going to try to rob you of time, finance, energy, and everything else. All right, guys, God bless you. Thank you so much for joining me today. Again, I apologize for the trouble. Uh, thank you, those of you that was on today, Marty and Aaron and Michael. God bless you. Uh, love you guys. And uh, we'll see you again next time. We hope you've enjoyed today's broadcast and we're blessed by our kingdom discussion. We would love to find out more about what your destiny is and where God has assigned you in his kingdom. So we can walk alongside you and see God do great things through your ministry and through your kingdom assignment. Please reach out to us if we can serve you in any way. And thank you again for joining us on this kingdom discussion with Spirit Broadcast.